We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. to pod maverick after dark this is kirk henderson and josh bow we are editors over at mavs moneyball we are joining you on thursday february 8th trade deadline day at 9 20 p.m how are you doing josh i'm doing pretty good how are you doing i'm pretty good i'm i'm actually really good this is uh this this series of early games <laughs> and getting to bed on time has resulted in, in just me feeling good and and you know we're gonna be here so for full disclosure of everyone, you know, I know a lot of people are asking me, Kirk, why didn't you and Josh go live during the day right after trade deadline? Well, the main reason is, just, is we have jobs <laughs> and um, these are not our jobs. These are this is our uh, lightly uh, compensated hobby, which we do for fun. So we're going to get to the trades because we know lots of people probably want to talk about those trades. But first, uh, we we do think it, it's, you know, in everybody's interest, since we always recap the game. We're going to talk about the Mavs-Knicks game a little bit, and then we will lead into that trade discussion. So the Dallas Mavericks just defeated the New York Knicks 122-108 to 108 in a game that uh, felt a little like a trap game, but not really because the Knicks are super-duper hurt. White Dante, as uh, Bomani Jones calls him, lit up the Mavericks, but he's been lighting up everybody for several weeks now. But it didn't really matter because Luka Doncic had 39 points, 11 assists, four steals, a block. Maxi Kleba turned back the clock to, to have four blocks on the Knicks. Derek Jones Jr. probably played one of his more complete games in several weeks. It was it was a nice win that the, the TNT announcers, if you had the box score covered up, the TNT announcers did a really, really good job of trying to make it seem like a very big game. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I think they kind of knew the crappy hand they were dealt when they saw the injury report. It was a fun game. Yeah, it was. They're professionals. They had to sell that. That's part of the job. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was... I mean, this was a game... The, the Knicks were almost too hurt like for even the worst Mavs tendencies to really make a difference. I mean, in the second half, Hartenstein, their center, didn't play because of an Achilles injury. That Not, didn't seem like a serious one, just like a, it looked like a, a maybe hopefully mild, didn't look like he tore it or anything, but they're just right. taking precaution. They had two guys available on the bench for the entire second half. Mm-hmm. Um, so they didn't have, you know, much to go with. I mean, they played, I mean, their starting lineup, everyone in their starting lineup played at least 39 minutes or more, 39, 43, 45, 41. That, that's, that's nibs though for you. you yeah, know? yeah, I know, but it was, it was exasperated with, with what their roster was going through. So. For sure. I and mean, you could tell toward the end that team was exhausted. They had 14 turnovers. So the Mavs just had to. Outlast. Not, yes, outlast. Um, I think the first thing that jumps out to me, uh, there are some good things we can talk about, but the first yeah. thing is Luca played 40 minutes again. Um, I think he wants to at this point. He maybe he does, but he has now played 
40 minutes or more in five out of the last, uh, no, six out of the last seven games and actually seven out of the last nine games, he's been 40 minutes or more. And that's, you know, if that's what he wants to do, that's fine. If, if the coaching staff, you know, but and, and I get people telling me like, well, with Kyrie back, it's not, you know, the workload's not the same. He's still playing for it, but like, that's, that's fine. why I that makes a difference. Yeah. yeah. That makes a difference. But like 40 minutes in an NBA game is still 40. like they got to find a way to get him some games where he's just not playing 40 minutes. I don't know if it's, I don't know what they got to do. Maybe they do have to sit him. Like I know everyone hates the sitting of stars, but I'm just saying if he, if he averages 40 minutes in the month of February, which he's doing right now, he averaged 38.8 in the month of January. I don't care how good a shape he is. I don't care how good uh, the workload is. That's going to catch up to you. Oh, and he averaged 39 minutes a game uh, in, uh, in December. So like, (laughs) <laughs> he's, I'm pretty sure he's leading the league. Yes, in he's leading the league in minutes. It's really commendable, and I think it's awesome because I, I think he took last season. It's obvious he took last season personally. Yeah, in terms of how it ended in the embarrassment of of missing not only the playoffs but missing the play in. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I think you know the games that he missed. I'm sure he was frustrated seeing how many games he missed and still feeling hurt and worn down by the end of the year. Sure. Um, so he's obviously taken his physical conditioning more seriously. Because if he was in the shape that he was in last season and he was having this minutes load, I I don't know if he would he would be make it to All Star break. So, you know, it's it's not that I'm trying to say like the sky is falling or, or Luke is going to get hurt or something's bad, but like they just they got to figure out a way to find some balance there and and play just a little bit less uh, minutes because that's the main thing. Like because they try and you know what, kid tried the fourth quarter. They were up twenty and it got down to twelve in like two minutes, and kid kind of got kid actually looked kind of pissed off and called for called a timeout and had to put Luca back in the game. So it's not one of those things where kid just has him on the floor and you're like, take him out. I just, the team, the way the team's playing, they just, it's hard to find him sometime off the floor. So for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I liked um, Josh Green's game tonight. Yep. Gave the Mavericks that just the, the extra I'm going to run really damn hard is, is mm-hmm. fantastic. Uh, and I'm really enjoying watching, you know, him lead breaks and push off the break. He had a like a, a, a pair of moves in the first half, like a rim rocking dunk after like four back to back turnovers between the two teams. That was pretty fantastic. And then later he had a right handed layup from the same spot on the floor that was really like he did a euro step that that led to that layup with the scoop over the top. And yep. you know uh, we're we're kind of hard on Josh because his his um, contributions sometimes seem to wax and wane despite the minutes that he gets. And I, I, I don't know. I, I liked his defense tonight. Something else we've been critical of. So it was, it was, it was good to see him. Yeah, no um, turnovers. Yeah, which That's is a big, big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the, the vibe of the team felt felt a little different, obviously, because there's a trade, and we'll get to why, <laughs> and we'll talk about that once we talk about the trades a little more. But just pretty interesting to me, just in in a nutshell, that they were able to keep uh, Josh Green because I think his um, his go 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 element that he brings is pretty is pretty valuable to this team which is there's a lot of like i don't want to say like plotting guys that's not right but nobody else plays at that speed stationary might, yeah. might be better better word yeah. for those guys not pl- yeah uh so yeah absolutely right and kind of playing off that you know he played really well and he had six rebounds which was also nice uh a steal and a block like it's always nice when he fills up the stat sheet because there just feels like nights where he just it's not there. Um, so he's been pretty consistent with that. So I agree. I liked his game kind of on the same token. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. Also kind of came back uh, in a big way with 18 points, uh, seven free throw attempts, which tied for the team lead. And it's like, how many times has one of the Mavericks leader in free throw attempts not been Kyrie or Luca when both of those guys have been playing, you know, the last year and a half, the last half year or whatever it's been almost a year. It's been a year, actually. So yep. for the last year, so I thought his game was really nice. I thought, um, you know, he still only made one three and only took three. But sure. He his game tonight was really uh, emblematic of why, when we're talking about pieces that fit around Luca, and when people bring up perimeter players that can't that have like, like oh, this guy's shooting thirty three percent, thirty four percent. That's not a good fit with Luca, and it's like I get that, but. If a guy has a little something off the bounce, if he can do a little something attacking a closeout, 
driving, going towards the bucket, going towards the rim, that can counteract a lot of the shooting deficiencies that can pop up from a player that's not shooting as well that you think that you need next to Luca. Like it's not, I think the way the NBA is trending and how defenses are playing these teams, you just, you need more than spot up shooting. We've been saying that since like 2019, you need more than guys that just can catch and shoot. And I think you're kind of seeing it with Derek Jones. You're seeing it with Josh Green. You're seeing it with Dante Axum. Just how important, just not necessarily running a pick and roll or, or creating something out of nothing. It's just when the ball is swung to them and there's an aggressive closeout, can you do something besides something. just hot potato the ball around? And you saw that tonight with Jones. I thought he was really good. Uh, first step, aggressive, catching defenders off balance that are closing out hard putting them on their heels and just going toward the basket really strong and aggressively. Uh, He had three assists, seven free throw attempts, like for a non Luca, non Kyrie player to get seven free throw attempts on this Mavs team. That means things are like really, really humming and and they look really good uh, when those guys are able to move with the ball in their hands. So if I had one criticism of the game, it's actually sort of with the game plan is when the Knicks really started sending hard doubles at Luca you got to move Kyrie out of the corner every now and again. Kyrie being in the far corner drives me fucking crazy because you're either asking Luca to get the ball to him on a crazy pass, or you're hoping the ball gets there out of reversal. And it just didn't. A lot of the times bring Kyrie up, let him run at, at the, at the nail in the middle of the floor every now and again, they did use Luca and Kyrie on a lot of screens, yes. Yes. which I thought was really fun. Uh, they've not done that in a while, so so that's you know let's just balance the criticism with with something interesting. Oh yeah, it was very good. But I, I just if you have two unbelievable ball handlers, let's use two unbelievable ball handlers. It's a it's it's a concept. Um, yeah, for sure. All the right, Luca Kyrie we, screening thing was really I, that was I feel like Kyrie set more screens for Luca tonight in the third quarter than he has in like the last like two weeks of games worth that they've played together. So I think that's I might you know we don't have to. We've got a lot to talk about with trades and stuff, so I don't want to carry on this game too much. But sure. that's something I might look into, like when we're done talking. I, I would love that. that. Yeah, because I mean, it was that was fun thing. to watch. Yeah. Uh, okay, so before we head on to the trade talk, for those of you who are here in the stream, if you could do Josh and I a favor, head down and hit the like button while you're down there. Consider subscribing. We do a fair number of shows. Uh, we will also, uh, as I'm kind of getting back into the swing of things now that my child is sleeping more. Uh, going to be doing more and more of these live shows after games. Uh, we've done one every night this week and the previous two games. We're going to do one tonight as well. And what I mean by the secondary live show is it's a show where you can come and talk basketball just like Josh and I are doing here. It's a very easy link. You click through it. You can use it on your phone. You can use it on your computer if you want to. Uh, you can show your video if you like. If you don't want to, it can be audio only too. I like talking with Maz fans. I want to hear what your takes are. I want to hear what your thoughts are. We will talk tonight, probably uh, for as long as folks want to go, and uh, it'll be good because you know what? I, I think if, if you're really excited about these trades, I think you should celebrate that. If you're really kind of fearful about elements of, of what it means for the Mavericks' future, we should talk about that too. Um, if you're listening on an audio-only stream, do me a favor. Leave us a review. Those are very important for us. We're still working out some small kinks with the Apple feed, but we'll figure that out. And anybody else that's listening or watching the video at a later date, please go ahead and leave us a comment that's not part of the live chat. Okay, now for those listening on the audio uh, version, I'm going to drop some ads in here. If you could listen to those as well, Josh and I will be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Okay, so if you want to hear my trade deadline story, um, I'm working this morning, busy day, busy day at the old office, and I throw together just because I wanted to have something where at Mavs Moneyball for people to comment, I, I put together about a 250-word post, and I just note that I don't think any trades are going to happen for the Mavericks, or if they do, it's going to be something small and kind of inconsequential. I just I just didn't see the juice. I didn't see – we've talked about that in here for days. And uh, as I press um, – publish as i press publish uh the daniel gafford news passes through the wires and the way that was phrased by adrian warjanowski was particularly interesting because for those of you who are are like kind of catching up on this a day later we didn't really know what the mavericks gave up in terms of draft compensation for most of the day is that right josh is that kind of the timeline yeah, I don't think we really knew. The only thing we knew was that they were trying to route draft compensation from another team to Washington. Like it wasn't going to come from the Mavericks uh, draft capital. Like they mm-hmm. were trying to find picks from someone else to then send to Washington. And then I don't think we knew. I think Stein or Tim McMahon, one of them, were the one of the first ones to 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 show the details but the Mavericks kind of sent a press release because it was actually a separate transaction they sent a press release about two two o'clock Dallas time uh, which I guess was right after the trade deadline that said they swapped the their first rounders in 2028 with OKC to get a 2024 pick from the Thunder and then that's that's when we knew so and the trade was first reported like earlier this morning so it was like four or five hours before we really knew the full details of that trade so let's sort of talk about the player first. Um, our our Gra- Gracie Villiard uh, over at Mavs Moneyball, who is a Virginia resident, so I think she catches some some Wizards games, wrote sort of a what to expect from Daniel Gafford piece. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm super familiar with Daniel Daniel Gafford. My The stat that I really enjoyed was that he is eighth in the league in dunks while Derek Lively is seventh. <laughs> and my broad-based conclusions from this is that the Mavericks now have a center that they, if if he and uh, Derek Lively are healthy, there is no reason the Dallas Mavericks shouldn't play without a true center unless it's a tactical decision for all 48 minutes of basketball. Correct. Uh, that's one of the, prob- the biggest advantage of doing this trade, probably the reason why they did it. I mean, how long have we been talking about backup center? I mean, we've been talking about backup center since Dirk, <laughs> like uh-huh. since the mid two thousands. Like you think about uh, when they had Eric Dampier and and and, and Ghana Jop. Like who was the starter? Who was the backup? When they had Tyson Chandler, they needed a backup center, and it, with Brendan Haywood, uh, disappointing at times. Or like it's I feel like it's always been a thing. Like not only have the Mavericks always needed a center, they've also always needed a backup center. Sure. Um, so Gafford's always. interesting. Yes, always. So what's interesting is Gafford, I think, was a lot of Mavs fans, uh, like, they wanted him to be, like, their full like before. How long have we kind of, how long has Daniel Gafford been, like, a Mavs fan target? Probably, like, three years now. And so pre-Lively, I think that that was a lot of people that wanted to to bring him in as, like, a buy-low kind of starting option. So, yeah, he's, I mean, he's really fun in the sense that he's athletic as hell. Uh-huh. He dunks and he blocks shots like crazy. Uh, I think he is 
he's averaging yeah 2.2 blocks per game career high uh he's scoring 1.43 points per possession as the role man in the pick and roll he That's might be one for- of the most elite like in terms of like advanced data, I thought I saw that he might be like the most elite finisher in the league. He's he's up there. I mean, he's shooting base sixty nine percent from the floor. He's shooting seventy three percent on rim runs, mm-hmm. which is very very good. Like you said, he's he's top ten in dunks. Uh, he makes sense as a backup, as a starter. Like I was never too high on the Mavericks acquiring him because he still has some some weaknesses, which. It's easier to get around that when he's coming off the bench, which presumably he is. Uh, you know, he's not – his blocks are good, but his defensive numbers are not great. Again, you're playing – he's been playing in Washington for most of his career, so he's never going to have really good impact def- defensive stats. But one of the criticisms of, you know, he a little bit of a block chaser instead of a true maybe rim protector, like the block number might be a little inflated in terms of his actual defensive impact. Okay. But still, the Mavericks will take guys that will block sh- Like They need some guys that can block shots and make defensive plays, period, even if you give up a little bit uh, when you don't get the block. Uh, and then another thing is he's actually not a great rebounder. He's, I think, I mean, he's never averaged more than eight a game. He's averaging eight right now in 26 and a half minutes. Um, I'll take that. Yeah, I know. It's better. Nah. Here's the thing. Everything about him is better than what the Mavericks were getting from their backups, big men positions before today but the thing that you know he's just not a start like i just don't think he's a starter on a winning team which hey guess what you have Derek lively so he doesn't need to be the starter on your team so the move makes so much sense um now that the mavericks have felt like they found their center of the future and lively um and it just it takes away a lot of the, the risk involved although you know we can talk about the, the compensation but I, in terms of the player it's a really it's a really clean fit uh, for the mavericks yeah, and he's young. Yes, he's young. young. Cost controlled. He's on. Uh, he's getting about thirteen million next season, fourteen million the season after that, uh, which is only going to look better uh, as the salary cap rises, or even if it stays static. It's a good deal right now, so that's also important. So, and they moved. Who who went to Washington? Uh, Rashawn Holmes, mm-hmm. and I think just the rerouted draft pick. Yeah, the rerouted uh, draft. Pick. Well, yeah. yeah, the rerouted draft pick, which is the, I want to say it's the war. It doesn't really matter, but it's a 2024 pick from Oklahoma City. How the Mavericks acquired that pick is they are swapping draft picks in 2028. Um, hold on to that because I want to talk about that in aggregate yeah, that, yeah. later on. Yeah. Um, the move by itself. I enjoy the move. I enjoy the move. I, I think it's the the kind of move that we thought they needed to make, but didn't know if they had the means. Um, I do sort of like, I feel a little bit bad for Rashawn Holmes because he came to the Mavericks and he, he basically moved off a, um, a trade kicker. Yeah, he, he waived a trade kicker, yeah. which meant, I, I think he was fed one thing and, and something else happened. I mean, there was weren't there reports that they're Maver- they're like the Mavericks feel like they can try Rashawn Holmes if they yeah. can't make a trade for a center like after that deal was done or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, it was that was not. I just I that leaves a funky taste in my mouth is all I'll say. Um, I don't like that when that happens to players because it, you know, you never know when stuff like that gets around. Um, okay, so then I ended up uh, going to the gym. So I'm sitting on that, and I I didn't even you know I we didn't find out about the draft stuff till later in the day, which was fine. I go to the gym. I come out of the gym to like 30 tweets tagging me with "He's gone." It was like it was like that that similar to the the scene in, in uh, the fifth Harry Potter movie where the guy realizes that that Voldemort's back, and it's like all these the people. Going, He's gone, <laughs> and it's just it's it's Grant Williams was traded along with uh, Seth um was there anybody else nope just those two uh a 2027 first round pick top two protected as we learned (laughs) um more on that in a little while for pj washington who is in the first year didn't first year of a four-year deal that he signed with the hornets in the offseason is that right yep making about on average like 16 a year i think yeah and he was your numbers he was your guy uh, yes. that you just sort of were like in the middle of, uh, it was like, I don't know, six days, seven days in the free agency. And you're like, why hasn't anybody signed this guy yet? 
And yeah. he became the dude that Mavs fans just sort of were like, gosh, what if we could get PJ? What if we could get PJ? And it was just sort of a recurring theme. I feel bad. And now here we are, uh, <laughs> several months later, with PJ Washington. Talk to me about his numbers. Talk to me about his fit. Uh, Jack, um, I wonder if Jack's going to join us. Uh, Jack Bonin, at least I hope you, I don't know how to say Jack's last name, even though he's worked for me for two years, uh, <laughs> is hopefully maybe going to be joining the show to talk about. Uh, he wrote a nice piece that's up on Mavs Moneyball as well kind of briefly describing what he thinks his the impact is going to be. Um, but why don't you kind of walk us through because you he's been kind of one of your guys for a little while. Yeah, I just like his versatility at the four. He's six seven, seven two wingspan. He's really athletic. Like kind of gets lost in Charlotte a little bit. And especially like with some of the other athletes he's played with in Charlotte, like that Hornets team has actually had a lot of like really, really awesome good athletes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Over the last like three or four years, but he's like up there. Like he's got a great vertical. He's a great, he's a great dunker, which I mean, I feel like that's another thing I've been asking the Mavericks to do since they drafted Luca is give him like explosive athletic players that can do harm to the rim. Washington can certainly do that. Um, he can play the four in the Charlotte. He's been kind of like playing four small ball five. They, Occasionally experimented with him at the three, but his his natural position is the four. Uh, you don't want him playing five unless it's like tactical, trying to gimmick something up. Like that's not his his final position because he is he is six seven, he is seven two, so it's good size for power for power forward in today's NBA. But he also is kind of twiggish, like slender. He doesn't have he's not like the strongest guy in the world. Which is okay in the you know you don't need your force to be Drew Goodens anymore. He's got crazy wingspan, right? Yeah, he's seven two wingspan. So that's that's not that's like, really good. <laughs> you know, a plus wingspan, as we all know, like the, the the thing to go back to that where wingspan is always concerned is that the Mavericks were not interested in Desmond Bain because of his negative wingspan, meaning his wingspan was shorter than uh, his height. And so to have a wings, a lot, most NBA athletes have a plus wingspan bigger than their height. So if you're, you're six foot seven, then your arms is out or longer than six, seven, yeah. his wingspan so, being seven, two. seven, seven inches more is quite a lot. Yes. It's, it's pretty good. Um, he's kind of a, his, his game, when you describe his game, it sounds better than like, and then you go look up the stats and you're kind of like, well, why aren't his stats better? Cause he's kind of really well-rounded. Like he has three level scoring ability in terms of he is comfortable shooting threes. He's comfortable in the mid range and he's fairly comfortable uh, at the rim. Like he's pretty good. He's pretty comfortable with the floater. He's got a good floater. Um, and he's got a good mid-range. He's got a good turnaround in the small post where, like, if someone switches and attacks him with a smaller defender, he's fairly comfortable doing that. And, and you know, he's good in pick and pop. He's good in pick and roll. Um, the last two seasons, uh, Charlotte's actually experimented him with him running some pick and rolls. I looked some stats up earlier today. He ran 71 possessions last season as the pick and roll ball handler. They didn't end well, but, like, they tried it. So, like, that's something. Um and he had 32, he's had 32 this season. So that's actually kind of a lot for a guy like him. Um, but he's comfortable as a role man. He was pretty good as a role man last season. All of his numbers are down this season, but I think that's just because Charlotte is bad and weird. And sure. I don't they just they have weird really, games. I mean, really has been hurt. Yeah. yeah. And they haven't really committed to him. They've been bringing him off the bench. But, like, he's got a good jump shot. It looks good. And then you look at the last three years – He's at 32 this year, 34 the year before, 36 the year before that. Career 35.9% three-point shooter. And yeah, some of that is definitely looks like he's playing on a bad team. He doesn't have great point guard play. But he didn't play for Alonzo Ball for a couple of years, even though Alonzo's been hurt. So it's not like he hasn't played next to like total scrubs at point guard. Like Alonzo's a pretty good passer when he's healthy. Um, so the, and, and his spot-up shooting and his catch-and-shoot three-point shooting is not great. Like it's in the low thirties the last couple of years. And you're just kind of like, why? Cause you watch him and his film and his jumper looks great. I mean, he 11 days ago scored 43 points against the jazz and made seven, three points. That was when like, we were all kind of like collectively yeah. like, well, we're not getting that guy. <laughs> yeah. So like, it's there, like this is a guy that the tools are there to be a really high level NBA starter. It just never happened in Charlotte and the risk, you know, 
where the Mavs are, it makes perfect sense because they don't have necessarily the ammo to go get a bona fide guy. Like we said, when they traded for Kyrie, they have to buy low on someone and hope that he works out here. They kind of have not necessarily like a dart throw. I don't think it's that risky. Like there's enough tape on him and enough talent there that I think he's going to do okay here, but they can't get by a perfect player because they can't afford a perfect player. Cause if the perfect player, perfect wing was available, there's like eight teams that want to win games right now that have more to offer than the Mavericks have to offer in trades. Um, Oklahoma city is one of the best teams in the NBA and they own every draft pick for the next like 30 years. So like if there's a good player um, out there, <laughs> sorry, I just saw, saw a nice comment there by Sterling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so Sterling, um, since the, the chat won't let me go fuck yourself. <laughs> no, it's um, okay. Hey, Isaac not... Harris might be a wet blanket. He's also a nice dude. I am not. It's okay. Hey, it's all good. I'm not, not everything is for everyone, but yeah, basically he's a guy that like the talent and the tools look better than the numbers. And the the upsell is let's put him with Luca. Let's put him with Kyrie. Let's get him here in Dallas where they have tended to get the most out of most of the role players they've signed. You look at Derek Jones, you look at Dante Exum, you look at guys before that, Dorian Finney-Smith, even Maxie's best years. So you just kind of look at that and you think, okay, we can, if we can get that out of undrafted guys and second rounders, what if we can get this out of a guy that was, you know, a lottery pick or a pretty high first round pick uh, that's young and let's see where it goes. And again, cost control. He's, uh, he's got a pretty decent contract for the next three years. So that's also helpful. So, sorry, I kind of rambled there. No, no, that's great. I want the rambling because one of the things that I was confused by, and this is mainly just due to the way the rest of my afternoon went was the uh the draft compensation so as we know we we said that the mavericks sent a first round draft pick top two protected i'm seeing in multiple places that the dallas mavericks uh thank you to david sanchez in the chat for sharing the athletics post but did the mavericks get two first rounders back two second rounders back i'm sorry two second rounders yeah that's what i'm at yeah they did it's in the official press release too gotta i gotta gotta be honest man so Everybody who knows me kind of tends to know how I react to stuff. And I had like 30 DMs and text messages of being people being like, you hate this trade because of the first round pick. My initial inclination to this pick was, gah. And we're going to talk about that in a second because a first round pick is a first round pick. Getting back two seconds is interesting to me. I like it. I, I, I like that more than I particularly because if one of them is this year and I'm not sure what year they are, but if one of them is this year, Charlotte sucks. Oh, Hey, they're going to suck for a while. Too, even if it's a next while. Yeah. So, so that's, that's really, you know, those late, uh, you know, that's where we get Brunson. That's where the, you can really get some guys. Uh, uh, and, and I know a lot of our fans are probably like, why do you care about drafting so much Kirk? Because honestly, the Mavericks are pretty good at drafting. That's the, <laughs> been their biggest roster wins over the yeah. last like, five years have been all yeah. the draft. so so that's sort of where i'm at all right so now that we we kind of we we like the players yep. um do you let me ask you this do you think one of the, the phrases that that's we've uttered over and over again does this move the needle does it move the needle for you this year this year i don't know if it changes their ceiling too much but before everyone kills me it's because i still thought that their ceiling was a non-playing team like okay in the five or six seed range but i think what this helps is um maybe gets them closer to that and maybe this trade this year probably the biggest thing is it adds a little stability to their floor with their injuries and stuff like that like just getting these two guys in here hopefully will prevent any type of uh collapse that we saw last season so that's a big that's i mean that's a big plus uh so yeah i don't you know if if they're not the top four teams in the West are really good. The top five in the West right now are really good. So I don't know if I would favor the Mavericks. You know, if the Mavericks are in the six, the top four, range, yeah, yeah, they're going to play one of the one of the best teams in the league. Really, like I do not want to play the fucking Clippers. I <laughs> yeah, just, that's not great. I just can't handle it, and it it feels like that's preordained at this yeah. point. Just in yeah. the anyway, but, but but yeah, for this season, I I think the biggest boon is that it's going to help the bottom from falling out. Okay, but also I think it's going to help. I mean, I don't know if I, we can go to you next, but my big thing is how this affects them going forward, and I think mm. that's probably the big point. But I mean, I know your take is that you don't think it changes the ceiling that much at all, right? I could be swayed. 
I mean, when you go into all like they're six games over 500 right now, we were worried about them going into all star break under 500. Yeah. So at a certain point in time, you got to say, all right, things feel like things feel good. Things are trending in the right direction. If they were to somehow sneak one out past Oklahoma City on Saturday, and then they better dang well close out the Wizards and the Spurs before all star break. Talk about a great feeling. Now, if you win two of those next three, still a really good feeling because you're still at that point, you're seven games over 500. Um, so this season, I, I, I just don't know. Um, my initial kind of way back before the season started was I thought this team could be out of the plan. That was sort of my hope. Top, top six. Um, still don't know about that just because the way things are shaken out. The Mavericks have had really bad injury luck. They need to stay. They need to stay healthy. But when you watch a team like tonight that pulls through against a, a pretty feisty Knicks team, even though they're all hurt, they just they got something. I've been saying that for weeks, and I'm just so negative about the Mavericks year in and year out. So I feel like me actually saying I feel like they have something is is of consequence. Now maybe I'm just dead wrong, but it just be me being the positive one for a while is so odd. Um, <laughs> Now I am I, I talk to me about why you think this is a good future building move. Uh, one that they're both 25 years old. Okay. And very fair. quietly the roster is young. This is kind of a young team now. Mm-hmm. Remember we joked about, you know, like when Dorian was 29 or 30 and and Maxie's 30 and Pal is I think he's he's I think he's 30 now. And we would joke about how it was both Carlisle and Kid and Donnie Nelson would talk like this team was just full of 22, like everyone was Luca's age. And I was like, no, it's basically just Luca and Brunson and everyone else is close to the wrong side. Like of Jason Kidd being like, they're a young team. And we're like, no. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> but now they kind of are. They kind of are a young team. Um, I, most of their core, are, besides Kyrie and Tim Hardaway Jr., like the most important players on the team are all basically 25 or younger. With Luca, PJ, Gafford, Lively, Green, Hardy, um, that's a lot of that's a lot of nice youth there. So, uh, so that's that's one thing, and they're all cost controlled, so it's something you can build upon, and that means it's contract. Like, if they do need to move these guys later, they're all on deals that are pretty reasonable and in that mid level range that I feel like you need. Like, it's really hard to make trades when all your contracts are like tied up with two max guys and then like a bunch of minimum guys, like having these mid tier contracts, I think makes it easier to do trades in the future. If they need to, you know, maybe these guys, you know, that's, that's like worst case scenario if if they don't turn out the way you want them to. Um, But also because they can still do stuff, maybe not as much stuff as we thought if they kind of held on to the pick, but they can trade if things go as according to plan and they give up the 2024 pick. They can trade two picks this summer. Okay. They still have Josh Green and they still have Jaden Hardy. Who are the Josh Green thing? Like keeping Josh Green is a big deal. I think big deal. Like I I hate on him with with just relentless fury. But regardless of vain, but yeah. But regardless of how we feel, it's obvious that league wide he has something in terms of which is actually important. You hold on. You always move him later. Right. So the fact that they still have two picks, they still have their two young players that you would consider are their best trade ships. Like they didn't lose that much in trade in making these deals. So that's why I think it's pretty good. Like the fact that they still have the ability to move green for an even better piece or they don't move green because green looks awesome. So uh, they still have flexibility. Like they have more flexibility than I think we originally thought, but still there is some downsides that we can talk about, about like how they got to this point and who they had to move and how that kind of adds to the totality of what they gave up, you know, with, with Grant Williams, because you kind of have to add in what they traded for Grant uh, into this deal because he didn't even last a full season. So that's part of it. And I get that part of it, but it was nice to see them be aggressive uh, in a way that still allows them to continue to be aggressive going forward. Like they are not done next summer. Like there's still a roster spot today, right? Also. Yeah. Who is presumably going to be filled by, we're gonna, I'm gonna circle back on that. I, I need to be. A, I need to be a wet blanket for a minute. Okay, but did you hear? Just did you see what Kid said? Because I know sometimes yes, you don't he see. What kid, okay. Yeah, he he made that kind. Basically I, confirmed I, it. I want to. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay. All right. So, so we're, we're, bear with me for a second. Yeah. Okay. Future first round draft compensation: the Dallas Mavericks owe this year's 2024 pick to the next, assuming the bottom doesn't fall out. The 2027 pick to the uh, first round pick to the the Charlotte Hornets. 2028 pick swap to the Oklahoma City Thunder. 
2029 first round pick unprotected to the Brooklyn Nets. 2030 pick swap with the San Antonio Spurs. Now, somebody today was like, where did that 2030 pick swap come from? It came from the signing of Grant Williams. That 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 was the thing that had to happen because it was a three trader three teamer back with the Celtics and the Spurs in order to to make some things happen. And I just got to tell you guys, when I think about the PJ Washington Grant Williams transaction as a whole, you're telling me that we traded for PJ Washington for a first round draft pick and a twenty or a twenty twenty seven first round draft pick and a twenty thirty pick swap. That's the way the math works. There, am I right? That is, yeah. I'm sorry. I have to look at it. I don't want to be a wet blanket. That sucks. That sucks. They, you, yeah, go ahead. I tell me, okay, that's that. They're happy with it. I just want. I just need to say out loud that it sucks because draft capital does matter. And now, as we hit on earlier, the two second round picks coming back from Charlotte, which was something I didn't really factor into my analysis when I tweeted that out earlier, really does that. That helps. Helps yeah. me. Deal, actually yeah. but you only have so many so many cards you can play right that's all yeah and i i, I don't think you're wrong out there no you're not wrong you know the mavericks considering how much draft capital they've spent in the luca era you would think that they would have a more set roster like they're still trying to figure it out so that's the downside and the downside is is you think about I mean, not the downside with these two players specifically, but we were just talking in totality of what they've been doing. Their last three big ticket offseason moves in 2022, it was Christian Wood and JaVale McGee. 2023, it's Grant Williams. Neither of those guys lasted more than a season. Mm-hmm. Wood goes, you'd give up a first round pick for Wood and he leaves out the door for nothing because he did not work. You give JaVale McGee the second biggest contract of his career at age 37 or 34 or whatever, however old he was. Uh, and he lasts one year and you have to waive him and they're going to be paying a portion of his salary for the next, I think, four more seasons after this one. And then you give the 2030 pick swap for Grant Williams uh, and he doesn't even make it to the all-star break. And so on one hand, I appreciate that this front office does not sit on their hands compared to how maybe the previous regime did things because I sure. think like remember 2019 free agency that was the definition of them. I mean, they wouldn't even admit that they did something wrong with that free agency. No, that's no. what's yeah. incredible. And I think that was our biggest criticism of that front office back then mm-hmm. with Donnie leading the show was how uh, they weren't proactive enough, right? Like mm-hmm. that was the thing. They just kind of had this master plan, and if it didn't work, they're like, oh, whatever. And that's not how you do things. Uh, so the fact that they're able to admit so quickly, hey, this isn't working, let's get it out of here and try something new. That's something that not a lot of front offices do, but on the other end of the token, eventually the moves have to work. Like yeah. you cannot keep, like it's great that you can move on very quickly when you make a mistake. You better but work. You, yeah, you can't keep making mistakes. These so, two better work. Yes. There's not a lot of chip, chips left to play. Now, right. now, also there's something else that plays into this. Um, Luca was just asked about it. Oh, and uh, he says management discussed both deals with him and he readily approved of both, which Brad Townsend <laughs> has a whole video of it. And like, just, I, I, it both, there's a lot of criticism of Luca, which I find to be bullshit, but I, I've been trying to tell people that I don't really think Luca started to get involved until after he scored 60 points against the Knicks and looked around and was like, Jesus Christ, is anyone going to help me? I I really do. I don't think until that January, because that's the first time Stein and McMahon really started talking about something. He didn't really do with the other stuff because why should he? That's the front office's job. That stuff, yeah. He's now saying, like, just the visual of Luca being like, pack him up. See you later, Grant. Thanks for wearing my shoes. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, yeah, like I said, it's great that the this new front office is proactive. A lot of GMs, Kirk, we've been watching the NBA for a while. Sunk cost fallacy is a real thing with a lot of these GMs, and they get trepidatious. Look at the Chicago Bulls, like the last three years in terms of an organization dragging its feet and not pulling the trigger and admitting when something's not working. So it is a good quality for an organization to have. Yeah, but like we said, they got to hit. Like these moves have to work. If P.J. Washington is another Grant Williams, they don't really – you know, there's, there's not, not, there's much, not much to do there because you you keep running out of wiggle room to rectify the mistake, and eventually there's no more one room left, and you're done. Mm-hmm. So 
it's great that they were able to move on from these. And I, and I think that's my main takeaway from today is how aggressive this front office is and, and realizing when something's not working and trying to fix it, but also got to get it right. It's got, it's got to work. So there's one roster spot available and this was just a recurring, our chat is all over this. And like, I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't have predicted this. So, so Spencer Dinwiddie is the free agent. Is that the deal? Uh, he was traded today, and I believe I don't know if he's already been waived yet, but he's going I think to get it's waived. the plan, though. He's going to get yeah. waived. Yeah, because he's at the game. He's he sitting. He's at Toronto, I think. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so. and and he he's sitting two two rows back behind Jason <laughs> Kidd. He's looking <laughs> yeah. at his phone most of the game, which was like really hilarious. Um. Okay. And, and he was waived. So yeah, and so there, there's two players that are being like heavily discussed for that roster spot for the Maverick. The other is uh, uh besides Spencer Dinwiddie, the other is the is the other um the other Morris twin, which um no for me. It's a hard <laughs> no. And and to be quite candid, I'm I'm just gonna take this position right now. No thank you to Spencer Dinwiddie either. No. <laughs> Like I I feel crazy. Like they moved were Spencer. They moved Spencer last year, guys, because Spencer's vibes were garbage. He was giving these really long, lengthy answers that were basically like trying to pass blame around. And then they moved his butt out of there. So if you're saying 30 games a uh, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is gonna bring great vibes, uh, the great vibes in that in that other team were Jalen Brunson, not Spencer Dinwiddie. So <laughs> If, if you really like him because you like him and you think he's fun for the team, I get it. I don't think the basketball thing is going to help the Mavericks that much. He is washed. I know. That's what we said about when he was in Washington, though. So we'll... It's true. And, and then he came to <laughs> Dallas and made every single three-pointer he took. That's true, too. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they got the magic sauce here. Uh, I It isn't... I don't... That part is all, you know... I'm, I, I get that part of it. I just didn't think like, hey, the first thing they need is another ball handler. But I wonder if the Exum injury stuff this is deeper than we know. That's yes. a good point. So I don't think they can they they seriously consider him if they think Exum is going to be able to close no. the season just fine. That's a good Cause, take. Because otherwise, why would you? Because Exum is totally can totally do what did what he's been doing this season. Sure. If not better. So yes, with much more force. Yeah, and I wonder if Kid has gotten a good look at the Jaden Hardy experience while Exum has been hurt, and is like, nope, I, I do not want to go into the playoffs uh, with Jaden Hardy as my backup point guard because that's kind of what he is if Exum's hurt. Like, who's the first guard off the bench besides? I don't Timmy? know. Maybe, maybe. See, this is why Josh and I don't talk before games or before podcasts. Like, maybe you've convinced me. Maybe I'm. Well, maybe I'm I all mean, in on. No, I just I I'm get, a big vibes guy, and I like. Know. I'm secretly, I, <laughs> I, I am pretty sure Grant Williams got packed, not just because he was bad at basketball, but because he is super annoying. Like, so annoying. Did you ever, like, he tweeted out that photo where he's like, here, y'all want to caption this? And it's like, dude, just make a three-pointer. Stop asking for attention. Make a three-pointer. How much do you think the Luca liked the uh, popcorn quote that he gave to the ringer? If Luca saw As he's I don't know shooting negative 40% from three. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, for the month there or whatever it is. It's, it's yeah. like, I'm sure, like, you just, like, again, like, last thing on Grant, and we can talk about him in the other show, but it's like, you can't put out big-time leadership vibes if you suck. That's not how leadership works, unless you're, like, a 37-year vet who's been in the trenches. You don't get to do that at 23 and be like, let's go! Ah, no! Don't do it! Just hit your shots! Play basketball! Yeah, that's tough. And I feel kind of bad, because I felt like you know, we all liked the Grant Williams move when it happened. It Absolutely. And I, and I think one of the things that I tried to do was like temper expectations a little bit, but I don't think either of us thought it would get this bad, but it probably says something that he'll, he'll bounce back to. I really yeah. think that like he, yeah. he's not this bad. He just no. couldn't pull up and it was only getting worse. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think he got a little bit in his head with the bigger contract and they kind of told him, Hey, you're, one of our three start, like you're the third starter after Luca and, and Kyrie, and you have to be the defensive linchpin, which he's never been before because he got to play next to a lot of great defenders in Boston. So um, he's not going to get to do that in Charlotte. So best of luck to him. But apparently he's from Charlotte. So maybe a little home cooking can. Hey, hope so. Hope so. I wish all these guys well. 
He's um, nice. He's just yeah. No, I'll, I'll one day I'll, I'll I'll maybe one day I'll look fondly back on the Grant Williams experience, but I can promise <laughs> I don't nothing. Think you will. I, I can promise nothing. That's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Um, all right, we got stuff that's so there's a ton of stuff up at MavsMoneyBall.com. I mean, a ton of stuff. We have written this month something just like like pretty absurd for us in the neighborhood. Like today, there's like nine or ten things. We normally only do three to four things a day. And there's just a lot of content. Head over there and check it out. Some really great stuff from the people who put in their time. They take time off work to do this sort of stuff. None of us get any money out of this. It's worth a damn. It's not worth the time we put into it. All we really do is because we like talking about Mavs and we want to share stuff with you. So head over there and read some things. Um, do you have anything else before uh, I let you go get to work? No, no, I don't think so. Other than, I don't know. It's exciting. <laughs> it's. I was reminded again okay. today that like, People love the trades, man. They do. I they tweeted do. a pretty innocuous Daniel Gafford, like just summary of what I thought. And it just so like, I know Twitter doesn't matter, but like the re like the sure. retweets, the views, people are hungry for the trade trade stuff, man. You're right about that. I kind of forgot about it. But, yeah. Well, I'm going to host the secondary show. going to put on yeah. our you guys nice have fun. Little... It'll be fun. Yeah. yeah. Fun Everybody uh, hang out and um, I'm going to post the link here in a second. Um, I'm going to put our ridiculous uh, rights-free music up on top of the video. I'm going to go uh, to pour another glass of water, and I'll be right back. Thanks so much for those of you listening on the audio feed. Uh, the Mavs Party Show will be up on Friday afternoon, and then we'll be back uh, Saturday as well. So everybody hang out for just a minute. I will be right back. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.